Luno, the fastest, easiest way to buy Bitcoin. If you're just getting into crypto, it's the perfect place to start. Hey guys, and welcome back to the Le Pan Show, powered by Icon Plus Capital, the VC firm. So joining me today is a really exciting guest. It is Sean Colkin, the NFL tight end, who said that he is going to turn his entire salary into Bitcoin. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm doing great. Good to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you. Um, before we jump in, I do just want to say a quick thank you to all my sponsors, because if it wasn't for them, this wouldn't be possible. Um, so this is um, sponsored by BlockFi. You can actually get amazing interest rates on your crypto, your stable coins, whatever it is. And there is a description for you somewhere. And this month, it's actually um, sponsored by Coin um, by Compass Mining. Sorry. So Compass Mining are really interesting. They're actually the company that makes Bitcoin mining accessible for everyone. You just buy your machine, pick a hosting facility, and let them do the work. So if you do want to start mining some Bitcoin, then head to compassmining.io. It's really cool because mining Bitcoin right now is pretty impossible. So there you go. So thank you to them. So, Sean, welcome to the show. I've been so excited to speak to you. The first thing, actually, I wanted to ask you is, can you explain to me what a tight end is? Because I'm English <laughs> and like I don't know any of this stuff. Yeah, sure, sure. So, uh, let's start with uh, offense and defense. So, tight end is on offense, and it's kind of a combination of a receiver who has to catch the ball and an offensive lineman who is like bigger guys that are blocking protecting the quarterback or creating holes for the running back so a tight end is somebody that pretty much has to do both so they're pretty um very uh multi-dimensional have to know the run game the pass game i like to think they're the smartest guys on the field most versatile but it's fun because yeah you got to be fast but then you have to be strong yeah, I feel like that kind of represents what I know of you so far. You seem to be quite diverse. I know that you have a finance background, which we'll get into. But um, before we do, I'd love to know a little bit more about you personally, um, your background, where you come from. Um, I'd love to hear it all. Yeah, yeah. So I'm from Indian Rocks Beach, Florida. It's about 30 minutes south from Tampa. And I was born and raised there my whole life. Um, I have one brother. Um, who pretty much I, I pretty much tried to do everything he did growing up he ran track played football and basketball those are the three sports I did and just over time I initially was a basketball um, prospect I kind of thought that was my path uh, to collegiate sports and my senior year I decided to play football in college because I kind of just had more of the mentality to get bigger and stronger and I also in six five and basketball nowadays you have to be like six eight. Did you six, say you're six five? Yeah, six five, six five. Damn, that's insane. But that's also that crazy. But, but that's so short for basketball. That's yeah, like, I, I know. Was, yeah, I was the shortest guy on my team. My my, uh, I was on Adidas team for Florida, and I was one of the shortest guys. And I kind of saw the writing on the wall, and um, just saw more of a you know more of a, a upside in football. So I went to University of Missouri. And that was the first year they were in the SEC. And that was a really cool experience. And from there, just, uh, yeah, kind of like, as you said, I, I uh, started studying finance. I realized that football could end at any point in time. I tore my MCL mm. and luckily it wasn't anything serious, but I knew that injuries do occur in the sport. And I don't want to look back and reflect on my time in college, getting a free education and not take advantage of that. So. I switched to finance and just fell in love with it immediately. It was the first time where I had a passion equivalent to my interest in football and just immersed myself in the readings and understanding um, the lectures and um, kind of was using football to uh, almost set up a career after football. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I, at one time I wanted to do Wall Street. So oh, I was, okay. yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, I was, uh, an equity research analyst for an insurance firm and sitting on Bloomberg, crunching Excel spreadsheet numbers and um, handling the endowment money for the business school and just and studying for the CFA level one. So I'm going like 80, 90 hours a week yeah. on top of being a D1 athlete and figured, you know, whenever football ends, I'm already ready for that. And through just over time, I slowly just navigated more and more to Bitcoin. I think that is, um, I think that's really important. You mentioned having a backup plan, but I, 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 
See, it's not so much a backup plan because I think backup plans have really bad connotations. It's kind of yes. like, I'll have that in case I fail. So it's not, I don't mean it like that. It's more like life is so unpredictable and, you know, there's so many different things that can happen to you. Um, not, not even just you, you know, just like circumstances, like let's just say COVID as an example. So many people's sure. businesses, you know, just kind of totally went to rubbish, unfortunately. Yeah. Um so you fell in love with finance. What about it did you fall in love with? That's really interesting. Just uh, the intricacies and complexity of just the markets and how they all are intertwined. I thought it was just fascinating how everything um, was linked. There's just so much to learn, right? And I love the, I, I think it's also important to note that my dad was a, a gold bug. So I was already exposed to that contrarian view as well growing up on the central bank fallacies and the concept of money and questioning, you know, fiat systems. And mm -hmm. um, so between that and then what I was doing for my internship, the um, the studies that I had in college, it just, there was just so much material to learn. And once I'm in, um, just completely committed to something, I just obsess over it and I wanna I try to understand everything. So, that was really it. Just, just the amount of dense um, information available in the readings, and um, obviously you can make money. You know, through at one point I even tried to dabble with day trading and realized okay. that that's yeah, that's not. It's a, it's too it's too much time um, it required. So uh, I just it's like too that. Too much idea. stress. Yeah, it's too much stress. My emotions are involved. It's just, it's yeah, just I've never. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not not worth it. So, um, and then yeah, this go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say, so like, so you, obviously your dad had a gold background, which is really interesting and we'll get to that. But like, given that you studied finance, did you feel when you came across Bitcoin that suddenly you had to unlearn everything you had learned? Eventually at some point I had to just rethink through things. Yes. Um, in a yeah. way unlearn. Yes, of course. Which I think that is an important, you know, for, for success. I think you sometimes have to look back on history and your upbringing and what was taught and just question and and think for yourself i think is the most powerful thing any individual can do so bitcoin definitely aided in that process of just going back and questioning things and reading and understanding and thinking for myself deciding for myself on what i think is the best store of value for my wealth and i think that's um you know, at some point in time, any person that's with high conviction in Bitcoin has probably had to go through that path. Yeah, I think the you make a really interesting point because that is one of the best things about Bitcoin in that it encourages you to question what you've already learned. And there are so many narratives that are just shoved down our throats. I mean, even inflation is an example. I've never seen so yeah. much pro-inflation media recently. Um, right, right. You know, and it is. And we're just almost told to accept it. You know, you just accept what you're told. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and CPI is the best reflection of inflation, right? Like, like the idea of that, I, I, that was quick for me just in talking to my dad and just seeing how, you know, they compute the CPI. It didn't necessarily make sense. And then early on when I started, you know, listening to Sailor and how he talked about yeah. inflation being kind of um, linked to the lifestyle that you want, right? What are you trying to buy? Like what kind of lifestyle mm. are you trying to live and provide for your family kind of dictates also your inflation bracket in a way. And, you know, if you're just sitting at home and, you know, staying at your parents and not paying rent and, um, you know, just watching Netflix all day, like inflation is not too bad. You know, that's the example that he used. But if you're trying to buy a home and eventually have kids and send them to university for education and, um, healthcare, it's like, well, inflation is quite high. Yeah, it is. And it, it just, we were talking obviously earlier and I, we were talking about my book and, and everything that I have coming yeah. out and like, I'm, I'm writing about inflation. And yeah. when I saw this pro media, sorry, this media, um, pro inflation, um, content coming out from the media, I was upset. Yeah. Like I was hurt, you know, I just, I'm just there like talking about how, um, you know, my grandfather was able to do this and now we have to work double to be able to even almost do that. And yeah. the same day you've got inflation could be good. There's a silver lining because, you know, salaries are going up. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And unfortunately, I think people just because of 
you know, their lives, people are busy, right? And mm -hmm. unless you take the time to allocate learning more, you see a headline and then you just move on with your day and they already have this conception of, okay, well, inflation maybe is good. I don't know. Oh, wages are increasing. I'm sure that's all true. And they just go on and they don't know and understand that is you're demanding more of my time and resources mm -hmm. to consume the same amount of goods and or do the same and consume less. And once people understand that and just the relationship of time and money, <sighs> then that's when you kind of just eventually, inevitably, right? That's what we all say, gravitate towards Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all of it though, because like it, for me, it's just, it's not Bitcoin in general. It's kind of like this slave mentality. I feel mm -hmm. that we're taught um, in that, um, you know, trading time for dollars. Like that's a yeah. big one. Right. And that's something that everybody feels that they have to do. And you actually don't. Right. A salary, and, right? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Salary. It goes yeah. back to rich dad, poor dad philosophy. I've been yeah. just seeing him pop up a, a lot lately on my, just, you know, the Instagram reels and everything. And, yeah. you know, he talks about just as soon as you take a salary. And unfortunately, there's, you know, people that where they, they lack the drive or just um, direction and, you know, and how to provide financially for themselves or their family in other ways, like, you know, it's a, it's a good way of uh, making a living, but there's, it's not the only way. And once you start, so you stop working for money, unless your, your money work for you, that's the ultimate um, solution for, for success. Yeah. And I feel like Bitcoin is wrapped into all of that and we'll get to it. But I was tweeting actually yesterday about how the nine to five is a scam and I got yeah. a lot of backlash for it. Right. And I don't mean it straight up. I get that. Obviously some people have a nine to five, everybody's different, it's whatever suits. But for me, that's not the issue. It's that you're just not, in this day and age with inflation, you're just not going to retire in the way that you deserve to retire by the time you deserve to retire. Yeah, with yeah, that nine to five. I, I think, yeah, because the nine to five was accustomed to, gosh, you know, the Fed fund rate being so high, right? At some point you could place your money in fixed income and get 15% or to place it in a CD and get 5%. And, you know, you had only had to work nine to five for X amount of years and then you retired and you lived happily. And, and unfortunately, I don't know if that's the case. Like, that's why I said early on um, and when I made this decision, it's like, regardless of your views on Bitcoin, like just overall, you look at the current economic environment, like what asset class right now do you trust to provide um, a positive real, real yield, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, for me, Obviously, I think the asymmetric trade that Bitcoin offers is unparalleled to any other asset. And but yeah, it's 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 quite sad. I mean, the stat too. Also, it's you know, if you had a million dollars pre nineteen seventy one, I think it was in nineteen seventy one. Now you need like I think it's like six point five million dollars to have the same equivalent purchasing power. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's crazy. That's you know, over fifty years, and you know, and that's just in the U.S. If you look at globally. You know, people are experiencing inflation rates that are are exceeding way faster than the U.S. rates are. Right, and it's it's, un, it's it's really sad, honestly. And that's I think that's also why, you know, that's the everyone says Bitcoin is hope. That's what we yes. mean. It's hope. It's sound money. It's available to all. It's not just domestic. It's it's a global play. Yeah, absolutely. And like, just even outside of finance, just with I'm a very political person. So just like with everything that's going on geopolitically right now, mm -hmm. I, I find comfort and peace in Bitcoin and that it is opting out of the system. But with, with all of that in mind, then how did you first hear about Bitcoin? Yeah, so kind of funny story. I was when I was an equity research analyst at the time, I remember uh, the firm had subscription to Bloomberg magazine and they would just sit mm -hmm. on the desk and I remember just having a little bit of a break and grab the magazine and just they started talking about blockchain Satoshi Nakamoto this anonymous creator of this peer-to-peer -peer electronic payment system and <clears throat> it just I quickly could link it to gold that okay. was something that I, I started to digest but unfortunately it was I think five days it was like at the end of my summer internship before camp started my last year at Mizzou. And You're once so that started, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so once that starts, it's like 5 a.m. to yeah. 9 p.m. for 30 days. And then you start the regular season. So as we all know, I think unless you have skin in the game, unless you put capital into it, like you're probably going to forget, forget about it. You're not going to be invested personally, emotionally to learn more. 
And unfortunately, I think the price was $750 at the time. Mm -hmm. But that was my first exposure to it, but never bought it. And just over time, I think it's also important to note that I was teammates with Russell Kuhn with the LA Chargers mm -hmm. for three years. So we would have really good uh, conversations just in the training room, locker room, just in between meetings. And I always appreciated his contrarian view um, that a lot of Bitcoiners have, right? So that was the beginning process where, okay, like it just, it makes a little bit more sense. At first, I kind of couldn't get over the volatility of it, I think, mm -hmm. as a lot of people do. And because you're kind of thinking, oh, well, it's supposed to be just a currency. And yeah. I think once you start to see there's levels to it where, how about store value? Let's start store value there. And then let's see once adoption happens, once, um, you know, the price kind of stabilizes as it, as it appreciates the whole uh, Bitcoinization aspect that that happens like over time, then it's definitely going to be used as a, uh, you know, a currency. I could definitely see that happening, but it's, it's, it could be, okay, yeah, it's volatile, but then there's how many countries out there right now that don't even have opportunity to be banked and have mm. any type of currency that's not being deflated away at 15% month over month, right? So once you started thinking like that, then it just made me want to really dive in and learn more. And just through time, my conviction grew, but um, it really didn't get to the level of where it is now until like November, 2020. Um, I March, 2020 was a big time. I started to learn more about it, but I was also just coming off an Achilles surgery. Okay. Um, that was, so I was pretty much putting all my time just trying to get healthy and back to get back on a, a team. And then once I signed with the Ravens, I spent last year with them. And once I had a little bit of an injury on my ankle, I was out for a few weeks, had some more time on my hands mid season. And that's when Bitcoin was starting to pop off and just bought some, learned more. And then it's been, you know, that's, that's all she said, right? It's it's been I've been completely obsessed since then. No, it's good. I love yeah. it. Um, perfect timing as well. But you mentioned that it reminded you of gold, which is really interesting. Your dad's a gold bug. So so tell me the train of thought. Do you think? I mean, you didn't go and put a bunch of money into gold. I mean, I don't know if you did, but you put it into Bitcoin, it sounds like. So mm. how did you weigh up the difference between Bitcoin and gold? Like what sold you on Bitcoin over gold? I'm assuming you're sold on Bitcoin over gold. Yeah, I, I think if you look at stock to flow, it, it's yeah. superior. It's better. It's more transparent. This issue is right. Like, what are the asset class? Do you just know exactly what the protocol is going to be like for that the next hundred years? Mm -hmm. um, I liked how like technology wasn't in the game when for for gold the last five thousand years, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's such a big. Um, you know, that's, that's such a long period of time, but short in terms of just the existence of the world, right? And when you start to introduce technology and what the effect of that is and what you see going on with blockchain utilization and then now Bitcoin and then the layer two and then younger generations wanting to you know, use it and adopt it yeah. and question fiat, that's becoming a, a popular topic, right? If you just kind of extrapolate that going forward, like what is the use case for gold? Like I don't know many people that are just wow, I can't wait to get a gold necklace. Like I can't wait to use gold. Like I just don't see I that trend continuing. I love gold necklaces. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I, it no I'm joking. I'm with you. I'm yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. But it just seemed like it was inferior in every category. Yeah. And other than track record, and this isn't two years, three years. This is twelve years. Still short in comparison to gold but if you see what if you take a step back and just see um just what's being built the infrastructure the amount of resources and how it's becoming political now and you <laughs> see that trend it's just i just i see um capital influx definitely leaving gold and going into bitcoin i mean so like the gold thing is so interesting to me um, because I'm totally with you when it comes to the use case. Like I love a good gold necklace, but that's about it. There's not much. I can't really hold my wealth in this little necklace here. So totally with you. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because um, Bitcoin is so hard to sell to the older generation, um, especially, <clears throat> sorry, especially over gold. But I feel like um, millennials, the next Gen Z, I feel like it's such an obvious sell. Um, you know, when it comes to portability and so many different things, the use cases of it, um, 
it's also fun. Like I know that might sound kind of weird, but I do find it fun. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's definitely, I think, I mean, other, other than, uh, that, that, the dynamic of the shift, um, you know, family, it's like what no one's, there's no gold Twitter, right. That, no. is gold <laughs> gold Twitter, right? you know, um, it's, it's just different. I, I, I think you're at the that, front of a revolution, right? Like you're right. at the front of a revolution. Exactly. And the energy Precisely. is incredible. Um, but does your dad get on board with Bitcoin? <laughs> given a he's question. a gold bug? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's been easy because of his, um, okay. you know, attractive, uh, what he finds attractive in gold. But then uh-huh. there's also that hurdle of him just being older, right? He's, I think now 71. So, sometimes he just will get it and i think it's so close and then boom he'll like have this question but he's starting to understand it um he's definitely but wait what's his question like what where does he get stuck on uh usually energy uh um, oh, okay and then just i think just the volatility in a way mm. when you look at it on a short-term perspective how does that equate to a store of value but mm-hmm. then I think it just takes it takes a lot of research and conviction to zoom out and just not be stomached by volatility in the short term any way possible, right? Like I think if you just look at it, a lot of people unfortunately they're so emotionally involved when it comes to money. So when it's going like this, it's you know some people don't have you need conviction I think to just be okay with that, and it takes time. And he I, I don't he hasn't put the time other than. A couple articles he's probably researched on his own and the conversations that we've had but he needs more but he's definitely coming around he'll, he'll be orange peeled before 2022 for sure oh i love that that's cool no i totally understand um my dad um has been in finance for years um he's not like a gold bug but he's in finance so he he gets the situation um yeah. and when tesla put um their 1.5 or 1.6 i can't remember billion um into bitcoin i told mm-hmm. my dad and his first response was okay, you're going to sell now. I'm like, no, now is when we hold really hot. Right, 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 <laughs> I was like, right, no, right. this is when we hold really tight. I was like, if, exactly. if we're getting money from these kind of people, then, you know, it's it's incredible. But you make a good point. It is becoming so political. Um, and a lot of people say that it's apolitical for a million reasons. I think it is political, but that's another debate for another time. But it's really interesting what's happening with El Salvador. Um, there's so much hostility um from so many different places countries governments organizations institutions um i think it's so sad because like the country is just trying to make a better life for everyone by trying something new yeah no exactly i think it's unfortunate that i think they could link you know maybe it's um crime rate and just previous you know history when it comes to el salvador and just extrapolate that to like what the situation at hand is now. And like, you don't know that, right? Like, it's like, I'm glad that Peter McCormick could sit down with him and understand and have a conversation because they're just trying to do the right thing and provide hope to the people. And it's unfortunate that some people can't wrap their minds around that. Um, But to your point, like, I think it definitely will become political. It's starting to happen now. And I think that will continue for um, the, you know, foreseeable future. But at some point, I do think it transcends politics. Like from my um, experience, I've never been in a room where I could sit down with like a hard right conservative and a very left liberal. And usually you're never going to come and see eye to eye, right? Like you're always going to either not say what you really want to say, or it's going to go to a, you know, really elevated argument. And I've been in the rooms where I've introduced Bitcoin and the concept of it and it is pretty remarkable how there's some common ground there. I, yeah. I think, like, I guess where the light, you know, the light kind of clicked for me, where it's like, okay, this is something that I think transcends politics. Like, maybe mm-hmm. I, socially, it's like I see, um, you know, maybe uh, Democrats and liberals would want to introduce, and I'm like, man, I, I definitely see the reform and need for that because it's sad. This, um, you know, there's situations like that, but then let's talk about the solution, right? Like, is it expanding the money supply at even a higher rate? Is that what's better for those marginalized groups where the more position, the more wealth that you have stored in cash, like the more, honestly, you need Bitcoin. And it's hard right now because 
unfortunately, this is the way life works. Sometimes, you know, those um, individuals don't have disposable income to this put in Bitcoin that can, they don't need it for the long term, right? They might need it in the short term. And the volatility is something that needs to be explained to them and they need to mm. do their own research. But I would like to think that if they don't need it, at least for, you know, obviously I would like to think 10 plus years for long-term investment, but at least like a four or five year, you know, cycle, I truly believe Bitcoin is, it's, 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 it's hope, you know, even more for those people that get a, a benefit from the appreciation and the fact that it's not going to be deflated away. Yeah, I think it is something which can definitely bring both sides together, but I only feel that way to an extent um, because I don't know where you fall on the political spectrum, but my um, my audience know where I fall. I'm very much like, I, I, I'd be a Republican if I was American, basically. I'd really mm -hmm. enjoy Texas. Let's just we'll leave it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but um, but I just I just sort of feel that a, a sort of left wing or a democratic mentality would be to have more control, less freedom, um, you know, more government intervention, more regulation, sure. just more involvement. I just feel like Bitcoin is just like from a philosophical from a philosophical standpoint, really anti that, you know? It is yeah, no, you bring up a good point because, you know, I kinda am just talking about just, you know, monetary policy and the issues at hand and what is the right solution. Yeah. But yes, to your other point, I definitely think, you know, when you talk about um the left side of it, the Democrats, like they definitely um it's kind of yeah the more control they have the better in a way right so that's and that's where bitcoin differs because bitcoin stands for freedom right self-sovereignty taking responsibility for you know where you like just store your wealth the keys component of it how are you what are you using for custody like there's responsibility in that but that's the beauty of it as well and it's yeah i i could definitely see how that's going to be some hurdle to get over um, politically. So, yeah. so you put your, so did you end up actually putting your entire salary into Bitcoin? Is that what happened? Yeah. So the fun, the, the crazy story on that is uh, about two or three weeks after that, I ended up getting released. So, um, right now I'm afraid. Wait, what does that mean? You ended so up release, getting released? Me, released meaning I got, um, cut from the chiefs at the time. So uh, you're going to have to give more. I, okay, I need cut, more so, um, Remember cut, I'm not American. Okay, release. <laughs> um, so usually there's so there's 90 guys on a roster initially in the off season right and then you'll work to 53. Right. usually that that they cut down from 90 to 53 from august and camp which has always been the case um for me i've actually never been released or cut is the terms that we use and okay. three weeks after that decision i ended up getting cut or released so i wasn't on the team with the chiefs so when it comes to salary it's um i mean i was getting paid already at the time the the the, the checks but in, getting fiat. in the off season uh, no, I was getting it in Bitcoin at the time. So I already oh, so started. Oh, so you were getting paid in Bitcoin. I was, yeah, I was getting paid in Bitcoin, but not just the complete salary that I would have oh, I during the season. So that's, you know, it was terrible. So, um, but that's <laughs> definitely, the, the plan has never changed, nor will it. It's, um, you know, for me, it's, I I just, you know, understand the, the game and the risk associated with it. And I kind of just looked at my situation um, and the injuries that I've had and the, the risk of injury going forward and and that was simultaneously you know that thought was happening as i was exploring bitcoin on a deep level so then for me mm. it was like well how do i optimize if i'm trying to optimize in every you know facet of my life like how do i do it in compensation and especially given the risk physically that my occupation demands and that's where it was like man get paid in bitcoin so for me if i'm you know when i'm playing i want to get paid 100 percent of my salary in bitcoin like that has never faltered. It's actually increased over time because it's funny, you know, that gosh, it's been a little over two months at this point, mm -hmm. but I look at like just my, the increase in my education and understanding of Bitcoin now, just compared in just two, two months time. It's crazy how much more I know now. Um, what do you feel like you've learned in two months? It's definitely so uh, Initially, it was definitely looking at, like, from a macro perspective, what was happening mm -hmm. fiscally and monetarily, um, and just the upside, right? The sound money component. And a big part of me wanting to do it too was I was getting really just, you know, fed up and frustrated with friends and peers saying, well, I missed it, right? I missed Bitcoin. And uh, yeah, I need yeah, to go, yeah. I need to go buy a Doge. And <gasps> 
They told you to buy Doge. No, no, they're they're saying or something cheaper, right? Anything that's cheaper because that means better value, right? Like it makes it doesn't make sense like that thinking. So if you think like that, you probably just haven't done the research, right? Let's be honest. So um, were they telling you to buy like Shiba Inu? No, no no one was telling me. No one told me was telling me anything. It was more so just as I started to talk about my um, understanding of Bitcoin and my passion for it. A lot of people were like, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But I missed it, man. I, it's crazy. I missed it. I'm too late. Like I gotta, I, I gotta go, you know, do some other altcoin that's cheaper. So for yeah. me, I looked at it as, okay, it makes the most sense to optimize for me in my life. My convictions at a level where I want to get paid 100 percent of my salary in Bitcoin, but then also, it was an opportunity to be like, hey, I'm, I'm a DCA Bitcoin through 2022. It's not you're not late. <laughs> like, uh, like no, long term, we'll look back and see that it was the right decision. I understand there's price action in the in the intermediate that's going up and down, and people see, think I'm an, um, a genius and then also an idiot. Right? I'm cool with that because I understand the long term vision. My time preference is extremely low, and so that was that was definitely um, the initial you know thinking. And then lately. It's been the morality, kind of the virtuous components of Bitcoin. Right. Um, that has been freedom. really cool. Yeah, freedom, yeah. Um, sound money, kind of things that we've talked about earlier on in this episode, just on how it could be, um, you know, hope for, you know, other countries. It's not just Americans. It's it's everywhere. It's Bitcoin is hope for everybody. And yeah. here's why. And I just, it felt, it, it kind of just um, fell in line with my, my principles and the way my moral compass on just, what I believe to be, you know, providing to the world your energy, your economic contributions, your resources, and your value to get paid in something that, and it's okay to save too. Like we shouldn't be punished to save. Like if you look at history, you know, just from the primitive ages, like you know, we 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 developed because we saved, we stored mm-hmm. food for when we didn't know what would happen tomorrow. Yeah, and that is that is um something to be protected, right? Property rights. And so that's been the, the latest kind of deep dive for me. And at the same time, as I'm going through that, it was so cool to see, you know, El Salvador, obviously, and this following the Bitcoin convention with Jack Mallers and what happened there. And which is cool too, because I did a mission trip my senior year of high, or my junior year of high school to El Salvador. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it was actually funny because <laughs> somebody, I think I, I have tweeted, it was like, you know, just a, a reminder, you know, El Salvador chose Bitcoin, not Doge. And people were like, I swear, you know, these Bitcoin maxis they don't know anything about El Salvador and they're just using this opportunity. They don't know anything about it. And I, at the you're time, like, I've been, I've been. Well, yeah, I, I just went up from uh, Miami to Tampa to see my family. Uh-huh. And I was like, hey, jackass, so glad I was able to stop home. Uh, put on like my El Salvador jersey that I got and this kind of told him everything how I've been there and saw the need for it and how people could benefit and the people is it was a funny moment (laughs) yeah no that is really cool yeah I mean everyone's gonna trash you online no one's gonna Mm. love you um no people will love you but they'll hate you as well um but yeah so you make a really interesting point actually about saving so this is my thing okay I feel like we live in this um hyper consumer centric society where everybody is just buying and buying to get their next you know kick of happiness that sort of short-term gratification and I feel like the volatility encourages you to bloody well save you know like I get paid in Bitcoin as well and I was getting paid at sixty thousand dollars when Bitcoin was literally at its peak so I've yes right so I've now lost 50 percent of my money and People are like, oh, are you going to sell? No, like I have to save now. Like I have to save (laughs) because I, because I obviously believe that it's going to go back up. I believe it's going to go to $500,000 eventually, even probably 1 million in the next 15 years. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that otherwise I wouldn't dedicate my entire career to it. Sure. Um, so, but it, but it teaches you to save because I can't sell that. (laughs) I can't sell that Bitcoin now. Otherwise I'm going to take a serious hit. Yeah, you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't do that. It's, um. You can't. Yeah, 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 right. Like, how could you? Then it's it completely defeats the purpose. It's it's something that yeah is a long term play. It's uh, unfortunately, yeah, we live in a consumption driven economy, and the the people just want short term gratification, right? And um, 
I see that in my industry, right? Where, I mean, guys are making life-changing money. A game, right? A game would be making what some people maybe get in a lifetime. Can you give me an idea? Like, what what is like an, an average? I mean, on average, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, that's a good question. I don't know what the average salary is. I know I've been league minimum all of my career. I think people sometimes link the NFL logo to this. Everyone's a multimillionaire. That was something that was yeah, unique yeah. about my story too. Was my conviction is I'm not just this guy that's paid and I'm just okay, I'll do this, you know, YOLO to the moon. Like it was, no, this is something that aligns with what I believe in. Yeah. Um, it was just a significant part of my wealth. But yeah, I mean, I would say on average, people probably make, I don't know, probably a couple million a year. Because if you look at the average, the median, maybe not, but like definitely the average is probably like, you know, you can make 200K a game potentially, Damn. maybe. Like some guys are going to make, you know, 25 million in a year as a quarterback. You know, that's like a million a game. You have guys making probably three to four, what might be the average, maybe. Um, but then the bulk of the league is league minimum. I think at least, I think at least forty percent of the league is um, undrafted free agents. Correct? Don't don't you know? Hold me to that. that I won't quite you. But, no um, but yeah, I think, and that's kind of what the more I thought, like how, man, as long as you're being smart with your money and you can cover your short term expenses, like the risk reward of the game and what we're getting paid as league minimum, I thought, wow, the, the need for Bitcoin is even higher for those individuals like myself and how long-term you'll see, wow, I didn't just get paid league, league minimum. I got paid a lot more. Like, I know it's so easy to say, looking back, you know, oh, if I would have bought, right, five yeah. years ago, how much money, especially with the growth that Bitcoin's had. But I do think, I think I would have... I think after taxes, I think I ran the numbers just using the average price over like the the season, the daily price. Um, I think it would have been like $7 million more than just being paid in fiat. And and then you just keep going down that. And that's kind of what led me to my point earlier, where if you have significant, you know, significant amount of your wealth in cash, then the more need for Bitcoin that you need. Like I, I, I couldn't imagine going through 2020 sitting in cash. And I know so many athletes that, just whether they have advisors or this themselves they just mm. hold cash they hold cash and they put money in risky venture capital and pe deals that typically don't pay out and fixed income that's paying negative real yields and have expenses that exceed their income and then they stop that's playing insane. and then they continue those that lifestyle and then that's why 78% of NFL players go broke within three years. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. 78%, did you say? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. I won't quote you again. Yeah. I, I think you can honestly quote me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it gets scared, right? Because like now I have a platform. People will just, you know, rip me apart. But I'm <laughs> no, almost, yeah, fine. that was definitely, it was something that it was a broke uh, 30 for 30 um, doc. That's on, a shame. Yeah. It was talking about athletes and, just basically the what I just explained. And I would like to think, you know, since then we've been aware of it and like to make better financial decisions. We're cutting mm. expenses, deploying capital smartly. But let's say you save, as, as we all know, in this economic environment, if you're saving cash, then it's you're destroying wealth, right? And you're making mm -hmm. the American dream that much harder. Sure, you're making a lot more money, but if you're looking at this preservation of wealth, it's all relative to your individual circumstance, right? Like there's so many better ways to optimize than this holding fiat right now because savers are getting punished. Like that is very clear, yeah. regardless if you believe in Bitcoin or not. Holding cash is trash. Like I think mm -hmm. that's starting to become more widespread, which is also another reason why I'm bullish on Bitcoin adoption as younger um, individuals are just be becoming aware of that and seeing, okay, this isn't you know the best you know solution for me. I need to invest and. I look at the the properties of Bitcoin versus real estate, fixed income, and equities, and I still see Bitcoin being the better outcome. Yeah, no, I'm with That's you. Me. I mean, I think <laughs> no, I no, but I, I'm with you. I think you know we live in a society whereby inflation is a real problem, and we're not really taught about it 
And it, I think that's really unfortunate. And I think that, you know, the rich know that you need to invest, invest in the stock market, invest in property, whatever it is. And here's my thing. I just feel like um, the average person doesn't understand how on earth to do that. Mm. And for once we have something, it's just, and it's so easy. And it, it just, you know, you can create real wealth. And, you know, with inflation that we've seen over the years, I remember even like 10 years ago, we were having conversations about inflation and and how my generation won't be able to get on the property ladder and you know all this stuff but your grandparents were and right. this whole conversation and i just feel like we finally have something like we have something to not make us feel so um so screwed by the system um yeah. but that's really interesting what you said about the players um i actually had no idea that around 78 percent. did you say yeah that that was the latest set that i saw it could be um dated some um hopefully it's better but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 78%. And then I think it's maybe 60% for NBA it's athletes insane. because they make, they make quite a bit more. Um, yeah, it's so a, wait, it's do you, it's sad. You it know, is. Like, so, yeah. but, but do you, um, given you're now super in love with Bitcoin, I wasn't gonna say Bitcoin maximalist cause I haven't asked you about that yet. I don't know how you feel about the rest of the space. Um, but given, you know, you found Bitcoin and you're happy and everything, do you have plans to educate your teammates, other players? Have you tried, um, have you had much backlash? Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's my passion. Um, yeah. obviously I have a, um, a great opportunity with athletes because that's where I have connections with. That's where, yeah. that's my friend group, right? That's who I've operated with. And, been an athlete you know professionally for five years college since 2012 it's my life and there's a huge need for it and yeah. but anybody mm -hmm. like my my passion is making bitcoin simple for all people to understand it but yes athletes for sure that's definitely so i always you know as we said earlier you know when i was studying thinking wall street and then when i got in the league it was like okay do i want to go work that type of life maybe it's just you know I'm analytical, but also leveraging the personality and just being able to communicate with people and maybe like, you know, being a financial advisor for athletes. And mm -hmm. as I've, you know, understood Bitcoin more, it's been, okay, what's the need for how can I basically combine all of it, the intersection of professional sports, finance, and Bitcoin, where does the overlap? And that's where whenever football ends for me, which it will, like this, it will end. And from now until now, I still have so much life to live. And just in you know, I think you're. Hang on, I think. Going, yeah. I think your um, your internet is cutting out. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's me or if oh, it's no. you. I don't know okay. if it's me or if it's you. Maybe you guys can let us know in the comments if Sean cut out for you a bit or whether it was me. Did you see me? Okay, like did I freeze? Yeah. No, you you were fine. Okay, mate. You oh, you're now? back anyway. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where did yeah. where did you lose me? I I kind of just I kind of just got the whole. This is your passion. You're going to help educate more people, um, bring more people into sports, and then sorry, bring more more of your more of your fellow sports players into Bitcoin, and then I lost you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically, this, you know, from my history and what I kind of thought and what I'm going to do now, the overlap of football or professional sports finance and bitcoin how can right. i given my understanding and my knowledge and passion for it help other athletes help people and just explain to them the idea simply and uh, provide resources and just be yeah. an aid in preserving their wealth like that's my passion and it's exciting and yeah it's like it's a humanitarian mission yeah yeah it really is it's it. like i definitely want to just my next career whatever that is like football obviously was, um, there's so many opportunities to whether speaking engagements or doing a camp and being a light for kids to, you know, be a mentor and show like by example, like, you know, the dedication and sacrifice and work ethic needed to be successful, successful in sports. But, you know, beyond that, it doesn't necessarily check the box, like, you know, what I want to do next like whenever that happens, right? It's like, I want to do something that isn't for money. It is because I'm making an impact positively on the world. And yeah. eventually the money will follow that based off the value that I br bring. Um, wait, to so this is what I was going to ask you though. Wait, let me just jump in because this whole conversation, I've noticed you have a mentality, um, which is I, 
I need to have something, something after, you know, whether it's in case of um, physical injury. So you've got your finance degree, um, you know, whatever it is, you're always thinking ahead, which is super smart. So once, you know, say your body's tired, no more, no more NFL, um, uh, what, what do you want? What's the goal? What would you like to do? Cause clearly you have quite an entrepreneurial mindset. You have a humanitarian goal. What do you want to do? Yeah. You're no, still, I'm, you know, you're, you're like, you're like 28. Yeah. I'm 20, yeah, 28. So I'm young. Yeah. So yeah. I'm 28. Um, but yeah, like I mean, to what we said, like it wasn't, it's not a plan B, right? Because plan no, A doesn't plan work. B. If you, plan A doesn't work if you have a plan B, but yeah. you can definitely, it's an extension. You know, utilize. You can utilize. They're, they're the same in my eyes. They've all. They've always been the same. I've yeah. used football to get a free education. I've used football to expand my network and have an opportunity, maybe to get opportunities on Wall Street. That maybe when it come to a person that just you know didn't go to an Ivy League school, um, it's there's definitely been transferable skills and being a professional yeah. athlete that apply to any industry. But yeah, like I know if you look at history, anyone that thinks you're just going to play forever and hopefully you play enough to be financially set and then you can really just work on the, the humanitarian component of it. But that doesn't happen for every athlete. And, you know, to her early point, unfortunately, even guys that make millions of dollars, they still are not set because of the the lifestyle that they live. So what's the overlap? It's, it's again, it's preserve. Um, it's just allowing them to be financially free and preserve their wealth and just be a resource for them in education and provide the resources to do that. Right. And I think that the best uh, investment vehicle is through Bitcoin and yeah. So my next endeavor, yeah, it's definitely going to be something surrounding Bitcoin. Like I said earlier, it was always something that had to do with, you know, I'm wanting to be a financial advisor but it's like, I can still do that. And then now introduce Bitcoin within the yeah. exposure within the portfolio, because now at this point, given everything that's happening, the infrastructure, the politics getting involved, the amount of money, the upside, just look at what's happened. If you don't have exposure, it's now you're not doing your fiduciary standard, in my opinion, to your clients by not at least having some percentage of your wealth allocated towards Bitcoin. And it's all based off risk and current expenses and what their just financial picture their mosaic looks like would kind of dictate how much exposure they have to Bitcoin. Right. And I I'm passionate about that. And I know that there's definitely something next. And if it's, you know, like you said, I do have an entrepreneurial mindset and if it's not that, then it's falling in line with a company that I will just go through. A, sorry, I don't want to cuss right now, but go through a brick wall, you know, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, 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 that leader, that CEO, that founder, almost like a player's coach, the coaches that I've had, as right. an athlete, like I know the difference between somebody that's a dictator that just doesn't bring out the best in you or somebody that's like, man, you check the box and everything that I would want to do. And mm -hmm. you have some opportunity that I can provide value to. Let's go do this and wake okay. up every single day with that mindset. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm not, you know, that's pretty much, that's all the thought that's been towards it because I'm a professional athlete. All my, most of my time and resources go to being ready to play on Sundays, but yeah, whenever it does. And that's next for me for sure. I'm excited about it too, because it's, uh, how could you not be? I mean, look at you, you get to do this every <laughs> single day. I'm sure you're ecstatic every day, right? Yeah, I love it. I mean, for me, it's just, it's just game changing. Um, like I, I have this thing where I don't like to follow hierarchies. I don't like to follow, I don't like to fall into line. Um, I'm very much um, my own person. And I love what I do so much because it means that I can do what I want on my own terms. Um, yeah. And Bitcoin has allowed that um, at such a young age as well. You know, um, when, if I compare where I'm at to where some of my peers are at from school, um, it, you know, it's, it's worlds apart. Um, yeah. And yeah. Bitcoin has allowed that. This whole industry has allowed that. Um, I, 
like I said earlier, you know, I think like the climate right now is the geopolitical climate is just absolutely nuts with all these lockdowns and everything. And, you know, Bitcoin for me is just like, I find so much comfort, you know, and so much peace in the fact that like, you can really opt out of a system like there is something, you know, and we've got CBDCs coming. um, And I think they're going to be awful, they're going to be terrible. um, And they're going to have a whole marketing campaign behind them. And this is this is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's really, really cool. And I, I say to my mom like, all the time, I say to her, I'm so blessed. I'm so happy. I'm so grateful to be um, at the forefront of this revolution. Um, Cause it's, it's in line with everything, you know, that yeah. I believe in. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm blessed to say the same um, and be kind of the earlier pioneers within the athletics um, spot, you know, the space. And, but also there, there's so many good people. That's what I've realized too, just in this time, like, <laughs> even leading up to Miami, but then after it's like the amount of great people that I've met, it's so crazy. Like the smartest individuals and the ones that want to do good for the world, it just seems inevitable that you eventually spend time and go down the rabbit hole of Bitcoin and and just get it. And once you see it, you can't unsee it, right? And it's been really cool uh, to experience that. And I'm excited to, you know, continue doing that. Yeah, that's the thing, especially because you end up meeting so many like minded people. And it's so refreshing, because you know, your mentality can be of a certain way. And you don't understand why the people around you don't see the world the way you do. And then you find this community and everybody is so driven and sort of sees things the same way. So yeah, it's 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 truly amazing. And I absolutely love what you're doing. I love that you've got this plan, you know, after it's the humanitarian mission, you know, it's I really respect it. So I want to thank you so much, Sean. It's been such a pleasure. Um, I've honestly learned so much about you, from you, your mission. Um, and I think I think it's so great. Before we head off, um, do you have any last final words? Uh no, just you know, thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome to tell my story. And people can find me at Calkin22 on Twitter and yeah, no, it's just, I'm blessed for the opportunity and just do the, do your own research. That's what I tell everybody. That's what inspired me to, to make my decision. If I could just, you know, cause somebody to sit down and spend an hour or two and not just reading headlines and formulating opinions based yeah. off that, like really distinct for yourself. Um, that's it. Right. And then max your conviction, you know, with how much money you have in it and just go from there totally with you sean thank you so much it's been such a pleasure thank you everyone um for watching and thank you to my sponsors blockfi luno and compass mining we will see you all next week bye bye see you.